We'll move on to our last category, and it is current players that we would love to see have a stint at the Jags. David, what have you got for this one? One thing we've missed quite recently is the chaos factor. Of people just having an absolute nightmare. I, I, I do miss the days of just having a bit of a liability and kicking about. It was always good fun. So I present to you one Effie Ambrose, the most Jags man to never play for the Jags. Queen in the South are neither here nor there this season. They seem to score quite a few, but they seem to, to leak a few at the, at the other end. And Effie uh, uh, Ambrose plays for them now, so he's guaranteed a goal at either end. Stanley, great turn away from Ambrose. Into the box, left foot shot! Harry Stone, what a save that is onto the post. We have a, a reasonably competent team who are not prone to these sort of things. I, I, need, I need a bit of a... I, I need the, the hairs in the back of my neck to be standing up again. Towards Adeloy, his header off the post comes back out. Robinson is blocked, and it'll go out for another corner. Somehow that one stays out. I think it will be. Uh, I'm going to get completely wrong with this, but fairly routine kind of game. I don't think it will be super exciting. Still, Lawless goes on his left foot, takes the shot on, and it's off the bottom of the post, the near post, and wide. There's so many players that we've had down the years, and there's been like, a really fine line of fans thinking that brilliant and entertaining or fans just thinking they're a waste of a wage and I think F.A. Ambrose would, would fall perfectly into that category uh, yeah sign him up comes on to the middle Brian Green gets something on it falls to Connolly at the back post lays it off to Todd Todd chips it into the middle at the back post it's Ambrose keeps it alive and it's in off the post F.A. Ambrose with the final touch and Thistle not defending that set piece well at all comic that it's all so tragic it's that humdrum novel old black magic let's have a laugh after we cry let's hope we live before we die the silly clown's red nose is running and it's tragic that it's all so funny it's crucial and it doesn't matter Vows of love are idle chatter To feel this good has to be bad I'm so damn happy that it's sad Dear listener, would you like to slap me? And the sad thing is I'm so damn happy Yes, the sad thing is I'm so Hello, and welcome to Draw, Loser, Draw A weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle Joining me this week is Rhysel Dane Reese, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Matt. Well, the Challenge Cup champagne is on ice for another year, but the show <laughs> must go on. The show will go on. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, are you well? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, glad to be back on the pod. And may not have been the best result on Saturday, but yeah, did the cup anyway. Who cares? And rounding off our panel this week is Heather Holloway. Heather, how are you? Yeah, great. Thanks, Matt. I still think that the cup ever since we ditched the caramel wafer part has just become unimportant and insignificant so uh, not too bothered about what happened at the weekend that's a good point uh, i think covid ruined the days of the the caramel wafer cut i mind getting a caramel wafer it was at the semi-final against wraith they were handing them out because early in early rounds they weren't handing them out to to everybody's outrage um but maybe we could get a 
a confectionery sponsor back from next season. Heather, I'm going to start with you with a question from EP, and he said, following calls for Dylan to be sacked after a fucking Challenge Cup game, what's the worst Thistle-based take the panel have ever seen? And he's also said, please include Reese's fairy tale tweet in your considerations. So I don't know if you want to throw Reese under a bus 90 seconds in, or have you got another terrible take that you've seen? Well, I had two. One that was my own terrible take, which my brother and dad remind me of on a daily basis. One from last year, which I'm sure you'll probably remember, which was that Cammy Smith should be starting ahead of Kyle Turner, or just generally that Cammy Smith should be getting a start in the team that played in the playoffs. So um, that was an absolute wild take, which I don't think anyone with brain cells was really going with. So, so that was quite tough. And then the one which my brother and dad make fun of me for, which I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but we t- we were talking once about what's the best goal you've ever seen at Firhill. Now, obviously, like my brother's in his mid-30s and my dad is older than that, of course. And they have such much better memories. And some of the goals that we've seen over the years, like I don't really remember or I've like, been told about them, I like, don't. And then I just came out with, that I thought the best goal that I've ever seen at Fur Hill was when Christy Elliott scored in that like 5-1 game at Fur Hill. Like he takes it down and scores. And they'd absolutely rip me for it. Like every time you see like any mundane goal, like or like any goal at all, like amazing. Andrew's always like, oh, but it's not quite Christy Elliott at Fur Hill, is it? Terrible take for me, and I get ripped for it on the daily. So yeah. The the episode's not out to Monday, but uh, David was considering putting Chris Daly in his top 10 jags of the 21st century, which I thought was a bit wild. But um, Reese, what about you? I, I know you've defended yourself fairly recently about this or both tweet, but what's the worst this will take you've seen? I mean, there's not even any point discussing that because I, st- I still, I never said that ours was a fairy tale. I just said if we were to get promoted, it'd have been whatever, mate. We're not talking about that today. Um, but the worst take I've seen, I don't even remember who it was, but somebody uh, tweeted out that um, Brian Graham is one of the worst strikers he's ever seen play for Fissel. And this, the best part of it was the fact that Brian Graham replied to the tweet, just gone, no bother, mate. Scored like eight in 14 games or something. Don't know what the fuck you're watching, blah, blah, blah. Mate, I just asked him, because it's not even as if he was on a bad run of form. It was literally, Brian Graham has been in his pomp his entire time as a Fissel player. He's, he scores goals for us constantly. And I wonder if... The, that guy's opinions have changed yet. Uh, that was going to be mine as well, Reese. Um, uh, we, we'll maybe tweet him uh, when this episode comes out and ask him if he wants to revise his opinion. Uh, Jamie, what about you? That Brian Graham tweet was also my stored answer, but I, I remember back in the day, I just have to change since it's already been used. Back in the day, I remember it's not a specific tweet, but Bannigan and Penrice used to get hate like after every single game almost and I do also remember when we were in League One someone saying that Blair Spittle had the worst game that he'd ever seen and it's a completely pointless signing why have we brought him back and he wasn't even playing that day so there's been a, there's been a couple he's been a couple of the years but the Brian Graham one that's it's a pretty bad show I asked my brother Jamie and I thought I'd say this one to you and Andrew said it's the worst take he ever heard was that Reese Cole was the answer <laughs> and I didn't think of you because I knew that you were a Reese Cole fanboy but um uh, but yeah a Reese Cole fanboy I, I, I wouldn't go that far I, I suppose I did make a compilation he was a good player in a sh- shit season that's the way I look at it but looking back now he's he's no he was no Kyle Turner I'm gonna say if you make a video compilation of something you're, you're a fanboy thank you Matt <laughs> sorry Jamie anyway I'll make we'll a David t- Mitchell one next 
Oh, all right. We know how much you're a big fan of him. Um, we'll have a look at the start now. A few changes and changes that we all forecast on last week's episode. Waziri Williams comes in for Lewis Nielsen, who was away on international duty. And there also starts for Wes McDonald, Scott Robinson and Tommy Adeloy and Kerr McEnroy, Aidan Fitzpatrick and Brian Graham all drop to the bench. Jamie, were you happy with the team when you saw it on, on Saturday? It was a bit later than usual, actually. Quarter past two, I think, we, we first saw the team. Are you happy with it? Yeah, they put it on Instagram and not on Twitter for ages for some reason. Don't know why. But uh, yeah, it was pretty much what we'd said on the pod about putting people in. Apart from Nguyenya wasn't playing because I don't think we'd realised that he was cut tied after playing Barberdeen B, which is obviously a bit disappointing because I wanted to see him. I would have liked to see him get some game time before. He's likely going to be playing on Friday, but it would have been good to him to get another 90 in there. But it is what it is. He played for one of the Diddy B teams, so nothing we can really do about it. Lineup I was happy with, apart from that, knew Wasiri was coming in for Lewis Nielsen. Happy to see Wes McDonald get a start, add Loy as well. So, yeah, there wasn't any need for massive wholesale changes. It's good to see Stanway getting on the start. I'm glad to see he's actually getting a solid run on the team right now. And he's completely earning it as well. It's not, he's there on merit, it's not just by chance. He's playing very well, and I was delighted for him to grab his first goal despite the result. I, I agree with you, Jamie. I was really content with the team really it was probably the team I'd have picked given the circumstances and, and that to me is, is especially makes it puzzling why Dylan come in for a bit of stick online after the game on Saturday because if he makes 10-11 changes he gets accused of not taking the cup seriously but if he doesn't make any changes then he'll be accused of not giving players like McDonald, Adeloy a chance so it was really the perfect balance for them to come in and impress. Reese, what did you make of the players that come into the side so Williams McDonald, Robinson and Adelaide, how would you assess their performances? Yeah, I thought the the guys that came in, it's the guys that I wanted to come in. I, I don't necessarily think that Tommy Adelaide had his best game. I don't think, I think his five minutes at Morton were more, more convincing than his 80 minutes or whatever he got the other day against Queen of the South. And he had a couple of chances. There was plenty of chances for us the entire game, but I remember one that Adelaide had at the back post and it looked for you to put your house on him scoring it and you know for a fact Brian Graham would have scored it but he's he's knocked it wide so uh, that was pretty disappointing I would have liked him to get amongst the goals um, I thought Wes McDonald started pretty quiet but it was seeming to come on to a game when he got subbed off as for Wasiri he's not Lewis Nielsen and, and I, I can't really see a way for Wasiri to get back into the team at the moment He's it does look a wee bit off the standard Um and it's a shame, really, and it's it's a bit of a tricky one because obviously it's still very early days. I'm sure he will get back in at some point, but he's got a two-year deal and he just doesn't look convincing at all. So uh, I don't know where we go with Fasiri from here, but um, uh, he's he's not a particle in, in Tunji Akinola, and you know how some fans thought about Tunji. So yeah, uh, uh, but I don't I don't necessarily think the the guys that came in. Uh, are going to keep their position. I don't think any of them blows away. I think Tommy Adderley could have probably scored a hat-trick and they still wouldn't have got a start next week. But yeah, it was good to get these guys minutes. They need minute, uh, minutes at some point so that they're up to up to speed and, and can affect games from the bench. But I think that maybe Wes McDonald has something to offer. Um, obviously hit the post. Or I'm not too sure. I couldn't exactly get the best view from the north stand. I don't know if it was a clearance off the line that flicked onto the post and onto the bar or, or what happened there. But he, he came on to a game that was a wee bit promising, but um, in terms of the whole performance, I, I want to I want to just touch on that as well, Matt. I, I really, I don't, I just can't believe the the stick that Dylan was getting after that game. Like, all right, it was, it was disappointing not to have won the game, but I don't think I've seen a more one sided game. I think we hit the woodwork five times. We had a couple of goal line clearances with a goal chopped off. 
there was a multitude of chances and you just knew that Queen of the South would get one chance and they'd score. And it was it was comical, it, it was big efforts. It's the stuff that we, we laugh and joke about and, and it comes true. So he was doing the backflips and I was actually laughing about it and that's one of the only times I'll laugh at Fissel conceding a late goal because it is the Challenge Cup at the end of the day. The end of the day. We're not even bothered. So, aye, it's the... The changes were to be expected. I don't think the the new guys necessarily were well, the guys that came in were outstanding. Um, and I think that the team that played against Morton and the team that played against Queen's Park the week prior, they'll they'll be back in from the start next week. We'll, we'll talk about funny ways in which we've lost football matches a little bit later. Heather, do you agree with Reese that it was a, a sort of one sided game and a a game we were unlucky to lose in the end? I think certainly in that kind of second half especially at the start, we absolutely hounded them in that in the box and so many opportunities really fast flowing going forward and it was it was quite frustrating obviously hitting the as the boys behind me kept on saying hitting the beans on toast was quite infuriating and things and it was just also frustrating the way that we conceded. Those goals were were definitely stoppable and um and it was just quite infuriating. I thought Scott Robinson was busy and got himself involved. I agree, I don't think he'll get a start, but I did think that he made a good account for himself. Um, it was quite clear that I felt like Ban Bannigan and Stanway were both kind of babysitting the defence a little bit more. I think they had more freedom at Morton. And um, I think, you know, with Siri was hardly ever left alone to do things. And when he was, there was a bit of a kind of gasp or sigh all round. But I do think that we were, I mean, our, over the 90 minutes, we were the better team, but they were clinical when they needed to. I mean, I have to say, Stevie Lawless had such a brilliant game. He just, he had the, the boy on his side must have just wanted to like, throw in the towel five minutes in he was just getting like caught up in his own legs and everything like tongue uh, like all on all a, a tumble but I thought Lawless was great and I thought Stanway was fantastic they th- those two um it's you know and I guess obviously losing and going out the cup is frustrating income wise and just like for an excitement for the fans but you know I'm glad that we went out and didn't we weren't shocking you know, last time when we went out at that cut at Falkirk, we were shocking that day. Like it was embarrassing to say that's Partick Thistle. So I wouldn't go as far as that, but um, I, I, it's funny watching the, um, as you say, the Effie Ambrose celebration. It's great watching like the different fan reactions to it. Uh, from there was one like tiny wee boy who was just literally like losing his mind seeing it, like so angry and frustrated. But I guess that's just your life as a Thistle fan learning early. And uh, and yeah, uh, it was something quite. It was quite something quite special from Effie. Jamie, what about you? What was your take on on Saturday? Yeah, it's pretty similar to what's already been said. I said it on Twitter that we were all over them. Like, the amount of chances we had in that game. We could have scored five, six goals. Could have won two games of football. It's just one of those days. You don't take your chances. One or two of them goes in, you win the game. But we got punished for it. We couldn't take our chances. Maybe a slice of fortune for them with us hitting the post or whatever. Just lack of clinical edge from us. And then, yeah, it's F.E. Ambrose. Of course, it's F.E. Ambrose. Scored against his last season, backflipping at Capital. Comes back again this season to end Chris Dillon's unbeaten home record, which is, if any man was going to do it, it was going to be F.E. Ambrose. So, 
it is what it is what it is originally I was thinking I'd quite like a run in this cup and yeah I say it every season I actually wouldn't mind a run in this cup so realistically it's the most likely one you're going to get a run in and get to the final and a final day out would be fun but the fact we're over now it's not that I don't care but I'm not really that bothered like it's the least bothered I've been after defeat in a long time so it's all right on defending every goal was cheap I felt I know the first one's a good volley but I don't think we do great again dealing with the corners cheap to lose a goal from a set piece I think the third might come from a set piece as well and the second one as well it's just poor defending poor marking and he's able to head in in the back post it's not great but we'll, we'll get the mistakes out now hopefully we'll see a, I was going to say we'll see a return to the regular defence at air but we'll, Nguyen will be coming in but it'll be good to have Nielsen back as well I don't think we see he was like terrible or anything <laughs> sounds bad I had worse games than that I don't think he was I don't think he was terrible but he quite a nice clever flick to Stanway when he hit the post but yeah, we'll be seeing Nielsen coming back in on Friday, barring injury, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I agree with you, Jamie, in the, in the sense that it was the least bothered you've been about a defeat in a while. I, I agree with you just for a combination of factors. I think obviously the, the Challenge Cup, as much as we'd like a run, I think just the performance as well. I was sort of quite upbeat about it at full time. I thought it was against the run. I think I messaged the chat that we ran and said, we're half an hour to go, we're going to win this 4-2. We're well on top. After we got the equaliser, just not on a few individuals. Want to shout out, obviously Ben Stanway. I thought that was his, probably his best game. I thought so. Shot and he capped it with a goal. I thought he was outstanding. He's basically nailed down a space in the team in the midfield when the midfield was looking like maybe a problem area a few weeks ago. I think what is a problem at the moment is the relationship between maybe the midfield and the fullbacks. I think we're getting caught out down the flanks a lot with McMillan and Milne pushing up, and you obviously don't want to lose that because that's. Our key attacking tactic basically is Milne and McMillan overlapping the fullbacks, but when they do, I think it's important that they, they get some cover from the midfield, and that's maybe something to work on in the upcoming weeks. Because I think the the second goal we get exposed with Milne being high up the pitch and there's not much cover. I think Sneddon doesn't cover himself and go with that one, and then McMillan I think it's a yellow card getting caught high up the pitch as well. So that's maybe an area um, where teams might look to target us. So it's something to work on with. With Bannigan and Stanley maybe looking to cover in for the fullbacks when they go up high. On a Wes McDonald, Reese, I know you said he, he thought he grew into the game, and I agree with you. We, I think it was you actually mentioned a lot of times about Fitzpatrick last season that he's a much better starter than he is an impact sub, and I wonder if that's going to be the case for McDonald as well, just the time it took him to grow into the game. I think that's maybe one to watch because I think he was getting, getting to the stage where he was quite effective. I don't think his final ball was sensational, but there was a sort of 10-15 minute spell at the start of the second half where he did have the better of the fullback. Bruce, I'll come to you for a last word on the game. Is there any other players you want to shout out from Saturday? Just the same ones that you guys mentioned. I just thought uh, Ben Stanway was absolutely excellent. Um, and, I, and I put the question to you guys last week, if, if any of you knew if he was right or left-footed. And to be honest, I still don't know because... He takes the shot on with his left foot all the time. He can pass equally as good with both feet. Um, he likes to go forward. He, he won the penalty for us. He hit the post. He's, he's good defensively. He flies into tackles. Genuinely, I think from from the limited sort of stuff we've seen from him, he's obviously played maybe five, six games now this season, but I think he's been pretty excellent in all of them. And as you said, that was probably up there with his best games. So I think he can go on to be whatever he wants in football. And, and as as many people have said, he's got all the makings of a future captain. You've even seen his interview after the game. He speaks so well, held his hand up. And uh, nobody was pointing any fingers for that goal, but the one, they're obviously, they're opener. Obviously, it's an absolute 
belter of a, a volley, but he just he put his hands up and said he probably could have closed his man down quicker. And you've seen him speak about how much passion, how much pride he has to play for the club. Stuff like that's brilliant. And it's so easy for players to, to win fans on side. And I just think it's it's neglected by football players. Sometimes they'll, they'll be scared of getting a slagging from other players or, or, or people will say they're just playing up to the fans. But it's so easily done. Um, and it just gets people on your side. So uh, fair play to Ben Stanway. Well, it was brilliant. And uh, long may that continue for us. Heather, have we ever lost a game in a funnier way than hitting the woodwork about five times and then F.A. Ambrose scoring a late winner and proceeding to do multiple backflips in front of the John Lambie stand? Have we ever lost a game in a funnier manner? I mean, if David was here, he'd say that Dingwall was funny. But I was trying to think, was there not that time where we conceded a goal and when it like hit off Danny Devine and you know remember those like ricochet goals that we used to score actually no I remember that I don't know sorry concede and there was that one last year when we like hit it off Jack McMillan and that was a shocking own goal I mean they weren't really that funny but they were like bizarre I guess if we'd lost the Doolin ghost goal game that would have been like strange as well but no I genuinely think that was one of the kind of wildest weirdest uh, ways to to, to, to lose a game and I mean I, I worry for Effie's back you know he's not the age that he used to be I don't know if he's able to still do those and like be in full recovery and training the next day so um, you know love and prayers to Effie Reese, do you want to come in? Just, I was having a wee think there about sort of some of the funniest moments that have contributed to a Thistle defeat and it, it's not directly the defeat, it wasn't like a late goal or anything that happened if I remember right in like the fourth minute of the game but if you remember all the way back to, I think it was our first year back down the championship, it was actually the Betfred Cup group stages and Chris Elliott has the ball down the corner flag and he just dribbles into his six-yard box and volleys the ball off Michael Moffat and they tap it in from two yards. That that could have been one of the most hilariously wild moments I've seen at, at For Hill. Just dribbling the ball, skinning your own teammates into your six-yard box and passing it straight to their striker. Hilarious. <laughs> There's, there's, I think we've definitely conceded funnier goals, but in terms of manner of losing a game, I don't think we've lost any a game in a, in a funnier way. Not one that we've been able to laugh at so soon after anyway. I'm sure opposing fans would point to uh, certain other games as being a better laugh for them, but that, that was a good one on Saturday. Jamie, are you capable of doing multiple backflips like F.A. Ambrose? Uh, surprisingly not. No, I, I cannot do multiple backflips. I'll do it in the next pod night if I learn it. There you go. But Excellent. talking of comical goals, one that always comes into my mind as well was the same season as Reese said, but it was later on in that season when we lost 2-1 at home to Morton. I think it was Scott Tiffany that scored this goal. And the ball was like blasted up the park. Snedden comes bombing out to come get it. Chris Dielik kind of backs into Snedden. They run into each other. And then like Tiffany lobs him from like 30 yards into the empty net. It's... It was a bizarre goal to concede. There's, that one always sticks in mind is one of the stupidest goals we conceded. That home game against Morton, and I think it was in between Christmas and New Year, was one of the bleakest days of the football of all time, and we'll probably take that chat off air. Uh, Jamie, I'll stick with you. Paul McLaughlin and Dave Donnelly have both asked about the squad depth. Has that performance and performance from the squad and substitutes on, on Saturday changed your view on where we are as a squad? Not massively, no. I'm not reading into that game too much. It was a rotated team. We knew it would be. And the fact it was a rotated team, as I say, does show we have squad depth. We haven't seen a huge amount from Wes McDonald. The puck. He did grow into that game and obviously he'd only made a 10-minute cameo before then. But I think he's a 
good another option. I think he'll struggle against that team ahead of Fitzpatrick and Lawless, but I think he's a good option to have. Had Loy again, someone that's already proven at this level. Yes, he should have had at least one goal on Saturday, but he scored in Morton. I think he'll get some more goals for us. You could see him scoring the air, to be honest. I don't think we're crying it for many players. I think the only one that I'd want now, I originally wanted a defensive midfielder as well, but Stanway's just come on loops and bounds, and I don't think we actually need someone to dislodge him at all. But I wouldn't mind us bringing in another centre-back in the loan window. I don't know if we're going to be doing that or not. I've not seen his link with anyone. I've not heard Dylan mention in any interview that he's looking to bring anyone else in. So I really don't know. I know there's obviously that Charlie Mulgrew rumour flowing around for ages, but I think he's announced his retirement now, so I don't think that'll be happening now. But another centre-back at most, but I don't think we're crying out for lots of additions at this point. But another point as well, I don't know what's happening with Anton Dows. I know he was back in the squad again, but he'd been absent from the squad the last two games. I'm not sure if he's someone that's maybe potentially departing. I think on Dowds, just quickly, it was pretty damning that Diak, the youngster, got minutes before Andon Dowds when we were chasing the game on, on Saturday. It's hard to see him force his way back into any sort of contention. I agree with you, Jamie. It, it didn't really change my view on the squad. I still think we're crying out for a, a centre-back. I, th- I think that even if Williams was was up up to speed, I think three centre-backs going into a, a league season is, is short. And the fact that Williams isn't quite there is emphasising how much we do need another centre-back. I know you said Charlie McGrew announced his retirement. I think Scott McDonald announced his retirement this season. We signed him uh, before we signed him. So maybe that's one we'll revisit at a later date. But on the centre-backs, I actually want to give Aaron Muirhead a bit of praise. And I know that's an unusual thing to say when you've lost three goals at home. But I normally come on here and I'm criticising his distribution. His distribution in the first half on Saturday was fantastic. He played this cross-field ball to Lawless and it was absolutely brilliant. I don't know if it was Dolan swapped the the centre-backs round, so Muirhead was in the left and Williams was in the right, and I don't know if that opened up more of the pitch from Muirhead to distribute the ball, but his distribution was really good. And on Williams, I agree with you, he's not quite up to speed, I thought. To be honest, I thought he was fine on Saturday. I think just the problem is everybody in the ground, he can see it, the fans can see it, the opposition can see it, that he's got no confidence. So he's doing a lot of things fine, and then basically every game he's just sort of fallen over the ball and it's because he's got no confidence and it's a shame. I hope he gets back into the side to prove himself, but as you say, I can't see it at the moment with the, the impact Nielsen's made and I think he will be straight back in on Friday night. Heather, do you want to come in there? Sorry, it was just when we were talking about Anton Dowds, I just wanted to say, like, not as a, a footballer, but um, my brother always says what a great guy he is off the field especially of children um he's always like straight over willing to have chats and really good with the mascots and stuff which I think I feel like as a Thistle player person whatever like we love that just as much as people who can score goals and be important on the pitch it's great to have like really good role models and stuff off the pitch and I think that he should be complimented for that um I sent Matt, a photo uh, of my niece Evie was at, she was in the boardroom with my brother on on, um, on Saturday and he, and uh, she got to race the subs at the end of the, at the, like at, during their cool down uh, or like the ones that like didn't get minutes and uh, and you can see Anton Downs like smiling and kind of like winding them up a little bit and yeah, quite good, but definitely um Evie's wee friend beat Blair Alston in the in the runs. I think that says it all. <laughs> Blair Alston, I, I was going to say earlier, Heather, Cammy Smith is still getting shot under 
in the midst of drag by shooting three months after he's left the club. He's not clear. When will the agenda against Cammy Smith be dropped? Reese, why do you think we've got such a poor record in this cup? I think we've had over 20 goals after it. We've only reached one final. You would say, as as unbiasedly as possible, we are one of the bigger clubs outside the top flight. So why do you think we've got such a poor record in this competition? I actually don't know. I really can't put my finger on it because, as you say, we are one of the bigger clubs in this competition and you would fancy us to get, you're thinking, semi-finals at least almost every year because it is the easiest competition. I, I wouldn't even say that we don't take it serious enough because maybe last year you could say we didn't take it seriously enough playing Tony West and making nine, nine subs. But that team we had out the weekend was definitely good enough to beat Queen of the South. Definitely good enough to put a few goals past Queen of the South. And we were just unlucky, but I don't know because it's, it's so weird. You look at our cup form in the other competitions, you look at um, our form in the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, we always do well or semi well to get to like quarter finals and I can't remember the last time we lost a cup competition game to a lower league side and a knockout a knockout side I, I don't remember us ever being knocked out by the likes of Dunfermline since 2012 or something or like an East Fife or a, a big cup upset it doesn't really happen to us the, the only times you can think of knocking us out are your Hearts Aberdeens Rangers Celtic stuff like that so how come when we're playing Queen of the South or Falkirk in this competition, our arse collapses and we just crumble? I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. And it's frustrating because you would, as we've, we mentioned every week almost uh, when we're discussing it, but we would love to go in a, a cup run in this competition. But for one reason or another, there's a higher power out there that doesn't want us, as Fissel fans, to have any enjoyment. And they're winning. They don't want to see us win. Jamie, have you got any thoughts on why we struggle in this competition? Yeah, I agree with what we said. It's kind of hard to put it down to an individual reason. Last season, I think McCall basically admitted he like, chucked that game because afterwards, full time, he was like, you know, we've got our priorities and this isn't that, stuff like that. Well, not chucked it, but you know what I mean? He wasn't very bothered anyway. But seasons before that, we've just been we've just been bad in this cup. The only time I ever remember us doing, I was going to say well, it's not well, but all right, was that time that we got to the semis and then lost to Rafe, which in hindsight, I'm glad we lost because I didn't want to do it. Looking back, I wouldn't have wanted to have shared the caramel biscuit wafer tonics trophy with Rafe or whatever it was ended up happening because of lockdown. But we just haven't done well in this competition in recent years. And Reese is right about us not going out cups to lower league opposition. The only time I can remember it happening is when we lost to Falkirk in the League Cup in 2015. That's the only time I can remember it happening. So I don't think the, the group stages weren't a thing at that point. But we just don't usually do it in the Scottish Cup. We've got a pretty good record in that and the League Cup as well. But for some reason, this Cup, we're just... I don't know, we just seem to flounder and fail in this Cup year after year. Even if we're given, quote-unquote, winnable, easy ties, like the East Fife game years back. And yesterday, you know, you should be winning that game. So it's, not, it's hardly a panic station to fear or anything. It's just, wouldn't mind the run in this Cup, but we never seem to do it. We don't even seem to get any of the good away days either. We've never, never been gifted one of the... I know English teams, I know they haven't been out this season, but they were previously or a Welsh team, an Irish, Northern Irish team. They seem to be doing pretty poorly in the Cup. We've been getting papped out quite early on recently, so we never seem to get a chance to get a good away day. Instead, we get Queen of the South at home, so it's just becoming a bit lethargic, to be honest. I would be surprised if Kevin Kyle did listen to last week's episode, but if you did, Kevin, you can stand down when you're doing the draw this Thursday. We will pause there to go across to Tom Hosey and Vinnie Ferguson, 
who were at Peters Hill for an important victory for the Partick Thistle women's team over Motherwell on Sunday. So Tom, here we are. Sun is still shining at Peters Hill. It's one or the other here. It's either roasting or it's freezing. Um, we, in, in the background, you may hear Brian Welsh's dulcet tones as we celebrate another Thistle win here at Peters Hill and another clean sheet. Well, I'm wondering. I'm, I'm warm here, and we've got, as you say, Brian Welsh's dulcet tones. Am I still in a COVID fever? <laughs> But no, in serious, that was that was a really significant win this afternoon. I think gritty, very very gritty. I didn't think it was coming, but it looked for a long while as if it was just going to be one goal that was going to win it, and that's what it turned out to be. Yeah. So the the, the goal itself, I mean, we, we had a number of corner kicks in that second half, and do you know, I I would say we probably dominated the game overall, but the, the corner kick count was certainly there. And uh, so when the ball came over, it finally fell to Megan Robb, who lashed at home in off the underside of the bar. So it was one of those goals that it was definitely in, but just for a wee second, you oh, think, yeah, oh, please, have gone over the line. There was that split second, and you're thinking, has that actually bounced over the line? But I think it actually went into the back of the, the net. And the end, we'll be watching the, the goal back with great interest to see just how far over the line it was. But I think it was deserved, just about. I think you've got to give credit to Motherwell, I thought they defended really, really well yeah, they um, and although there wasn't too many chances in front of our goal, I always thought their front players were a threat Yeah, wasn't interesting Carla Boyce coming off so early on Yeah, and obviously Caitlin Canavan, ex-Jag coming on and you're thinking, oh is this written in the stars but I was a wee bit surprised that they did well, to be fair to Caitlin, but I think she would agree it's, it's almost sort of weakened their, their front line uh, I would say so, yeah I mean I was quite impressed with Boyce in the first, first half especially yeah, uh-huh. no, she, she was excellent. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think overall, Motherwell will continue to push us for that top six slot. So, Les, you started off that a really significant three points today. Yeah, I think, I was thinking while I was watching the game, the games we've played so far this season, we've either been expected to win, you know, against the likes of Montrose and Dundee United, or expected to lose against Glasgow City and, and Rangers. This was the first one, I think it was a real proper test that will determine whether we're going to follow up last year's top six with another top six. Yeah, sends out a message, doesn't it? And you alluded to it there, uh, last weekend's uh, game against Rangers. Uh, sadly, neither you or I were, were able to attend in person, but uh, we were um, glued to the, the, the screen, although you were still suffering from your virus at the time. But yeah. it, was, um, it, was, it was a great performance, wasn't it, Tom? It was a super performance. Um, I thought the... The commentators on the TVs actually summed it up quite well. If you know, if we just had slightly better delivery from free kicks, we Come might... on! I'm very happy Craig Walker yeah. there. <laughs> Is that, how do you, that's not photobombed, that's recording bombed, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> Aye, but against Rangers, we just had a wee bit more quality with set pieces. We might have snuck a point, and again, we had that quality that from a set piece that settled this game today. And do you know, yeah, quality. I think I'll come back to that. And we have made a big deal about the depth in the squad this season. Emma Lawton, who was player of the match in our last home game here, going off very early on with, with, with an injury. Claire Dock coming on, though, and, and doing a great job. And then, I 
again just shows you the strength someone of, of, of Cody Hayes abilities coming off the pitch but Megan Robb coming on and getting the winner I just want to kind of point out about Claire Dox I mean she came in as expected that as if she'd never been away she picked up that yellow card on quite early on when after she came off the bench and that worried me a wee bit but her timing and her tackles was impeccable which it, that never seemed to seem to affect her in any shape or form I think she deserves a great deal of credit yeah and uh, player of the match today went to Demi Faulkner well deserved I think so when she ever not She's not a case of a 6 or 7 out of 10 every week. She's an 8 or 9 out of 10 every week, yeah. at least. And even she picked up a knock. And I know, just lean by example, that captain's role just got up, got on with it. OK, that's what you expect from David. That's why she played 100 consecutive games without missing a single minute. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. So, um, a, a delightful a delightful win, all the more so because it was against Motherwell. Yeah, I think the key last season to us finishing top six was the fact that we never lost a game to the sides in the bottom half of the table and I just wonder when do we get to keep Motherwell could we just keep beating them <laughs> I'm sure that must really annoy them which is great well uh, the, the, the first part of this chat um, we had in the background living it up um, that was played specially for, for Paul Brownlee and his guys <laughs> so um, yes we'll, we'll let, hopefully they heard it in the changing room just to wind them up that wee bit more but I'm sure they'll, they'll have a say when we go over to Lanarkshire later on in the season that'll be a teethy one that'll be one not to miss excellent Tom thank you very much thank and, you uh, good to have you back in, in the match day squad good good brilliant you take care thank you hello I'm sitting in my car outside Peter's Hill Stadium I've just watched Partick Thistle nil Spartans 1 it was a tough night for Thistle it was quite an even game to be honest Spartans Scored a goal about half an hour in. It was a really good finish, actually. No chance for easing goals. Thistle huffed and puffed in the second half without creating too much. Thistle's best chances and best moments came in the first half. Cara Henderson had a couple of free kicks, well saved by the Spartans goalkeeper. The first one especially was a really good save. The Spartans goalkeeper impressed throughout with, without being tested too much in the second half. Brian Graham, you can't say he doesn't make early substitutions. There was a substitution at half-time. There was a double substitution 10 minutes into the second half. And then another one with 25 minutes to go. And Thistle ended up in a sort of 4-2-4 formation. <laughs> to be honest, it didn't make too much of a difference in the game. I don't think it was too much in the game. Spartans took their chance. But other than that, they didn't create too much either. A draw may have been a fair result, but I don't think Thistle did enough where they could really have any complaints. Lucy Sinclair had a couple of nice touches in midfield. Ferguson continues to impress me with her calmness on the ball at centre-back. Uh, sometimes it goes well, sometimes it doesn't, but she's always very calm no matter what. And the goalkeeper is as well. A, a couple of hairy moments, but there was one in particular where she, she skinned somebody about 30 yards out from goal, which was very impressive. One thing we absolutely hate to see, though, was the Spartans left back wearing the number nine shirt. There is no space for that in, in any form of football. I took my wife Kirsty along for her first women's game at Peter's House now. Tonight, Kirsty, will you be back? Yes. Superb.
Heather, we're travelling to Air on Friday night. Harry Milne, as we know, is suspended. Are you expecting any other changes to the team from the last league out in at Morton? Any players done anything in substitute appearances or on Saturday to force their way into that League 11 for you? I don't think so. I wouldn't be surprised if Scott Robinson was maybe one of the first subs and he was one of the things um, that was kind of trusted to come on and get a few more minutes um, than just like a kind of five minute or a 10 minute sub appearance. I imagine he will get a bit more, but um, it's. I know I wasn't on the podcast last week, but it's hard to it's hard to go against a team that obviously did beat Morton 4-1 and there was so many great bits about that game while also still some bits to improve on. So, um, no, I think the natural thing will be Kieran and Gwen, yeah, going in there for Milne and then just and then just same team, I think. I mean, going back to what we we're saying about squad depth, I think it also made me appreciate more like just how important Lawless and Fitzy are to our starting lineup and just how important it is it's going to be to keep them both fit this season. Uh, but no, I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect another change. Though I think probably and I and you know Matt that I that I do love Jamie Sneddon and he is my choice. But I do think that potentially I don't know what Mitchell's situation is, but he would have maybe wanted a better result on Saturday for him to kind of maintain his place when when uh, when Mitchell's back and fit. Yeah, on the goalkeepers, I know Mitchell was in the bench and so was McCready on on Saturday. Like, regular listeners will know I prefer Sneddon to Mitchell. I think if we're going to stick with Sneddon, you can't just drop him because of one mistake. It was the same uh, with Mitchell at the end of last season when he chucked a couple in against Queen's Park. And I said at the time, he's made those mistakes, but he can't drop him now. If Dylan sees Mitchell as his number one, He'll stick him back in, but if he's he's looking to give Sneddon a run now, I don't think we can just be dropping goalkeepers every time they make a mistake. Rhys, what sort of game are you expecting on Friday night? Because Ayr maybe don't look as strong as last season, they've lost Akinyemi. They have made a couple of interesting signings over the summer. What are you expecting on Friday night down at Somerset Park? Yeah, obviously Ayr haven't started the brightest. It's hard to to also put your finger on that as well. Obviously, they lost Akinyemi, and he was their main man. He was their goal threat. He was their talisman. And they've kind of made a a half-arsed attempt to to cover his losses. Obviously, they brought in guys that they're trying to fit the same profile. They're, they're going down the same route, the, the non-league strikers. And I think they've brought in a few, to be fair. Um, I don't know if any of them are, are hitting the heights that Akinyemi hit. But uh, as you mentioned, a couple of strange signings as well. Obviously, not, not a strange signing, but... Ones that kind of catch your eye, they signed Jamie Murphy from St Johnston, obviously bags of experience in, in the Premiership, and, and obviously Aidan McGeady, who's, who's a household name in Scottish football, and he's actually came in as our technical director slash player. Don't know how, how much his fitness is, is keeping up to things, but obviously on their day, they're two good players, two Premiership level players, and we're going to have to be make, making sure that we keep them in check. But uh, it'll be an interesting game. It's always good to go to Somerset. Um I personally quite like a Friday night game. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, and, and that is United as a good away day and a Saturday as well. But I, I, I look forward to going on a Friday night. Um, it will give us memories of, of the 5 0 in the playoffs last year. So it'll be good to get back there. In terms of what I'm expecting, I think Errol will be looking to put out a performance, maybe get a wee bit of revenge on, on our playoff heroics. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be a, a right good affair. And it's on TV, isn't it? Yep, it's the BBC yeah, game. BBC game. So I there's there's not been many BBC games yet this season, so I'm sure that um it'll be one that the viewers will enjoy watching. So I looking forward to going. 
Jamie, do you enjoy Friday night games? Does it make any difference if they're at Farhill or away from home from you? Are you looking forward to this one on Friday? I know they're not everyone's thing, but personally, I actually love Friday night games. I've always enjoyed them, especially if they're an away game. You know, we've got some decent memories of Friday night away games that clear the South 1 0 game a couple of seasons ago, the 6 1 Hamilton game, even some of the home ones like that Inverness home game a couple of seasons ago as well. And uh, there's, been, there's been a few, and I, th- I think. One of the playoff games was a Friday last year. Was it the second Queen of the South game? Uh, Queen's Park game? Could be wrong. But anyway, yeah, there's, there's been a there's been a couple which have been enjoyable. So I've, I always enjoy a Friday night game. And what was the other thing you asked? Are you looking forward to this one? Yes, yeah, I am looking forward to this one. Yeah, I think it should be a should be an interesting tie. I, like Bruce was saying, I don't think they have started the best this season. I've seen a couple of their fans on like Twitter and stuff moaning about the quality of signing and. A couple of people calling for Bullen to go already, so I don't know. This could be a mounting pressure game for him. I think we'll have some players in the team like McEnroy and Adloy who'll be probably wanting to put in a good shift. I'm not sure what McEnroy's relationship's like with Air fans, but I remember when we signed Adloy, there was immediately some Air fans being like, oh, laziest player ever. You, you know, you'll find him so frustrating to watch, and they didn't seem to be giving him a whole lot of support. So I don't know if he'll maybe be getting out of a icy reception on Friday, which could fire him up and sure he'd love a goal, so I'm interested to see how this game goes, but I'm looking forward to it. Reese, nobody predicted anything other than a Thistle win on Saturday, so we remain top of the predictions table. Do you want to kick us off with a, a score prediction for Friday night? Um, yeah, I think we'll, obviously, the, the team that's been playing in the league will get back together. Uh, we'll have Nielsen back, McEnroy, Fitz and stuff will be back in, um, and I think we'll continue with winning ways, um, and we'll win 2-1. Uh, I think... I don't know, a clean sheet is really hard for, to come by this season. Been slow starters at the back, but I think we'll we'll still pick up three points. Three, two, one, Jags. Heather, I'll come to you next for a score prediction. I think it will be tough. I think I'm going to go 2-1 two, two, Thistle. 2-1 two, Thistle. Jamie, what about yourself? After still never having got one right, I'm trying to go for more wacky ones this season. So I'm going to say 4-0 Thistle. We finally keep a clean sheet. Oh. And we get, we, get, we get a good victory as well. Jesus Christ Uh, I'm tempted to go for a Thistle win as well I think James is the only person not to have predicted a Thistle victory I'm going to go for it I will go 3-2 Thistle 2-3 on the night I still think we're looking a little bit suspect at the back I think Nielsen's showed us up a bit but I think Air with the the wingers I think getting Chalmers back was important for them I think they might exploit our sort of frailties we discussed earlier out wide but I do think we've got Goals in abundance in our team, so I'll go 3-2 Thistle. We will finish, as we always do, with Partridge Thistle, and as it is Stuart Bannigan's testimonial on Sunday, and if you haven't already, please listen to our Stuart Bannigan special, which was released halfway through recording this episode very conveniently. I'm going to ask you, apart from a match, what event would you want to take place if it was your testimonial year, and why? Jamie, I'll start with you on this one. What event would you like to take place in your honour? Um, probably some sort of movie marathon or TV marathon of a show I like. Dang, that'd be a funny enough thing to do. If people, you get some people along if you like that kind of show. I remember there was for Dylan's testimony, there was a couple of different events. It was like comedy nights and there was, I think, some pre-recorded horse racing night or something like that as well. I think you could get like a pool night in or a darts night or, I don't know, golf or something like that. That'd be something that could be enjoyable golf's you know what i'm getting sway golf's actually quite fun to play so i'm not been swayed in the watching yet matt but golf is quite fun to play 
Welcome to the group, Jamie. We'll get yes. you watching the Ryder Cup, no problem. Yes. I don't know. I'm not sure about watching, but I've been getting playing some golf with my friends recently and also getting dragged along to <laughs> top golf sometimes as well. But you know what they are? Playing it and going to daft stuff like top golf and driving range is actually quite fun. So I'm getting I'm getting slowly pulled across. The group chat's going to turn into a Ryder Cup discussion in a few weeks, Jamie. If you fancy an 18, let me know. I'm always keen. Um, Heather, what about you? What do you want held in your honour if it was your testimonial? I'm just enjoying that Reese is staying like quiet as I know that he that one of the things that he said was less golf chat about about the podcast. <laughs> and here we are bench fest right now. <laughs> <laughs> um for me, so my last two birthdays, um I've had like a um a kind of dress up birthday party. So um two years ago was dressed as a song title. So everyone had to come as a title of a song, which was really, really fun. Had some great, like, had actually two people in wedding dresses, but, like, not the same song. Um, Like, one of the boys was Hotline Bling. My, my, my favourite one was one of the guys came as Get Your Head in the Game back from High School Musical. And he'd, like, cut out, like, articulate the articulate box and, like, had his head, like, in a game, which was quite clever. So, and then last year we had Movie Magic. So it was, like, coming as, a, like, a, like, um, like someone from a movie. And I, I went for Mia from The Princess Diaries, so I had an outfit change during it. So, basically, I love, like, that kind of, like, dress-up theme kind of thing. So I would go for some sort of, like, theme dressing up, karaoke kind of vibe. Reese, what about you? See, I was having a, a wee think of what I would enjoy. Um, and I, if I'm keeping it on the sport sporting aspect, I would maybe think a, a testimonial basketball match, something like that. But then I was thinking that on a wider spectrum to keep it away from the sporting world. Um, and I had a thought, uh, a testimonial car boot sale and a testimonial market. No, how we, maybe not a car boot sale as such, but just like a market. Because this is a, 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 a spiel that I'm going to go into here. But I went a walk the other week to... Um, Shatlerow, you know, in Hamilton, the big park, and there was a market on, and just by chance, this market was there, and it was like f- uh, fudge, tablet, burgers, like dog treats, everything, and everything there was a fiver, right? And I fall for all this nonsense, right? Because as soon as I see it, like a wee, basically a packet of Haribos, gentrified Haribos, fiver, and you're just there, and it's like when in Rome, you know what I mean? You're buying it, poker chips, fiver, everything's a fiver and think of the amount of money you'd rake in going into your pocket if it was your testimonial with these things and, and they're always good fun as well, so I one of them we testimonial market slash car booty. What are you selling out the back of your car? Ooh um, I don't know, that's a tough one brownies or hot dogs or something like that something that's quick and something that you could get plenty of them sold Obviously, other than the golf day, which would have lots of participants in from draw, lose or draw, I've always wanted to do come down with me and my pals, but none of them want to do it. And I don't want to go and come down with me because I think most people on come down with me are fannies and I couldn't be bothered dealing with them, which maybe says something about me as well. But I'd like to do come down with me amongst friends. So I do a testimonial come down with me. We could we could put that out on the that could be our first YouTube video if we if we ever get to ten years of draw lose or draw and we all have testimonials and we finally have a YouTube or a TikTok that's the video of the the pod come down with me you can go on that um, I don't know if anybody's got anything else they want to bring up or mention before we close Can I Matt You may Thank you so much um, Well 
if you are on social media, so Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, you will have seen that I have been posting and cursing as well about our Her Game 2 weekend, which is coming up. It is on the 30th of September for the men's game uh, against Infirmland at home. And then we will also be at Peters Hill on the Sunday for the game against Spartans. There will be a post uh, over the next little while about what's exactly going to be happening, but it's going to be a celebration of her game two at Fair Hill and um, and at Peter Hill, obviously celebrating the fact that we've had we have this partnership. It's our dedicated fixture. There'll be lots of um, girl mascots. It should be a good a good day out before and after. So just to keep your eyes peeled for that and very much that this is something that yes, obviously we're celebrating and supporting women in football, but. This is something for everyone, like anyone is welcome. And if you'd like to hear more, volunteer, be part of the run up as well as just coming along, then that would be super. And just to get in touch with me uh, on Twitter or through the Her Game 2 Gmail account, which is uh, linked on all our social media, that would be amazing. And hopefully uh, over the next little while on the podcast and things, We'll be talking a bit more about that and I would appreciate all your support and interest. Absolutely. I think you're going to be doing a segment on the, the week of uh, the Hog Game 2 weekend, so we can look forward to that for some more information as well. We will be back on Monday with our top 10 Partick Thistle players of the 21st century episode. I think that's an eagerly awaited one. If you haven't already, make sure you listen to our Stuart Bannigan special and then we will be back next Thursday as usual reviewing their United game and previewing a home game against our both. In the meantime, stay safe.